Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Alex Ferrario. No BK with us today. He's sick, so hopefully he'll be back with us tomorrow. But we get into our Brown and Crouppen celebrity line now and welcome in everyone's favorite, our Cardinals insider, Katie Wu, fresh off of the GM meetings out in Las Vegas. Katie, how are you today? What's up, guys? Uh, BK, hope you feel better, but I was joking with Tanner that this should be a seamless segment with oh, no BK. Yeah, you know, we, we've changed the name to it when he's out to Ferrario and company. Whoa. whoa. Oh, I like that. It's very nice. Yeah, Tanner doesn't get his name on the show. He knows that even if it happens. But... I'm going to get my photo on the website. <laughs> Katie, did no you... No respect for T-Dog. Katie, yeah. did, you, uh, did you come back to St. Louis after Vegas, or did you go back to California? Back in St. Louis for one more week, figured with the uh, the BBWA Awards uh, going on this week, and then, of course, the usual awards and Albert Pujols being honored for a lifetime achievement. A good week to come back, and then we'll be uh, heading out on vacation, actually. I'm very excited for this. This is my first vacation in, like, two years um, after this week, so I'll be back in California for that. I just uh, I just assumed you came back for the week because you wanted to check out winter in St. Louis. Yeah, get some snow. Some yeah, ice. It's going to be great. Welcome back. It, it's a lot. It's a lot, you guys. I turned my heater on yesterday, and I had, like, the bathrobe, the, the pajamas, all the blankets, uh, the heated blanket. Still wasn't doing it for me. You know I'm not a cold-weather yep. girl. <laughs> That's very true. Well, Katie, you came back from Vegas where the GM meetings were, and let's just start big picture. What did you learn from the Cardinal side of things and just baseball, your takeaways from the meetings? Yeah, well, this year was a, was a little different just because the GM meetings happened so soon after the World Series. That's just one of the lingering effects of the lockout. Um, but from the Cardinals, really no surprises. It, it was pretty obvious that catching is their number one priority. Um, sure, there's other avenues in which they would like to upgrade the club. But in just talking to execs both with the Cardinals and outside the Cardinals, it seems like St. Louis is really in an awkward position because they cannot focus on the other things they'd like to improve until they nail down the most dire need, which, of course, is a starting catcher. So they're kind of in this little bit of fluctuation where they're figuring out what kind of catcher they like first, who they, the kind of profile they want, what they're looking to identify as traits they really like in a catcher, and then they're going to pursue which avenue makes the most sense, whether that is signing one in free agency, using their farm system and their plethora of young major league talent players to work a trade. You know, there's a lot of moving parts here. So it's another vague answer, you guys. But the biggest takeaway I took away from, from Las Vegas was things change all the time. The one thing the Cardinals are really committed to doing right now is finding their catcher. Then they can start a building, build off other pieces after that. 
Katie, mentioning the catcher position, and we talked about it, about that being the building block for them this offseason. When you look at their kind of expectations for their payroll and their spending, we know we had Mo mention uh, at the end of season presser that the payroll is going up. But then Derek Gold was reporting at the St. Louis Post last week that, you know, they're counting for Wayno's deal with the deferred money and part of Arnado's salary onto the books this year. What is your expectation for how much they have to spend and how much they're going to be willing to spend this offseason? Because it feels like it's going to be a lot less than we originally thought. Yes, the payroll is, you know, everyone's favorite favorite concept right now. <laughs> I think something that was made more clear and that fans maybe sometimes forget about, and maybe that's that's on us for not really focusing on in, in due time, is deferred money doesn't mean that they, the Cardinals just pay whatever the salary is. You know, they still have to account for, for example, Adam Wainwright's deferred salary on their 2023 books. Nolan Arnado's contract is so complex. If I tried to break it down on air, we'd be talking until the end of the show. <laughs> um, but I did think that Derek did a very good job in breaking all of that down. So, yes, the payroll's going up, and it's going to match to the trajectory similar to where the Cardinals were heading before 2020 in the pandemic. So they were continuously, incrementally rising from 2016 to 2019. You're going to see that same kind of increased payroll. Now, even when, when Mo went out there and said the payroll was going up, it was pretty clear that the Cardinals are never going to be a team that shells out 10 million or 10 years, 330 million for Carlos Correa. But the Cardinals did, it did sound like more flexibility in terms of the free agency market to spend, and they do compare it to years prior. Now, this doesn't mean that the Cardinals aren't going to necessarily make a big move, but I think when we see St. Louis and their history over the last several seasons, those big splashes have come via trades. John Mazelak has done an incredible job. You think of Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnato. Those are franchise-altering trades. So I think, again, it's really hard to predict these things, but I think if the Cardinals are able to swing a big trade, that will maybe grant them a little bit more flexibility and maybe they feel a little bit more comfortable to use some of that increased payroll to spend on other avenues. They mentioned they want to add a bat. You know, There's no harm in adding to the outfield. So it's all fluid. These things are in flux. Um, but I do think while the payroll is going up, you know, of course, they were never going to be the, the big, like, let's spend, let's get the ace shortstop. They were going to get one of those maybe. But when you think about the, the deferred money and the Nolan Arnauto contract, you know, I would say they're still going to be above middle of the pack and better than they were over the last couple of years, but they certainly aren't going to match the Mets or the Dodgers payroll, and they never really were going to. Again, we're talking with Katie Wu, our Cardinals insider for The Athletic. You can follow her on Twitter, at Katie J. Wu. Katie, going back to the catcher conversation, all of these names have been coming up. Of course, it started with Wilson Contreras, then it turned to the Toronto Blue Jays catchers and Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen, and then the most recent one, which I think has been the hottest one out of all of them, has been Sean Murphy from the Oakland Athletics. Uh, are, Are those the four catchers and do you feel like any of those four are the best fit for this team that's so funny my editor just now sent me a a live story on the catching uh catching options for the cardinals and sean murphy is the headline photo so (laughs) of course um yes you know when you're looking at at the cardinals and the catchers market both in free agency and in trades those are the four names that that jump out wilson Contreras is going to be the top free agent in the catching market especially from an offensive uh, perspective when you look at trades, I mean, Sean Murphy has been generating interest from the A's side dating back to the trade deadline. The Blue Jays have three promising catchers, so they could obviously, you know, find a way to trade some of that depth. But the thing is, is the Cardinals are by far not the only team that need a starting catcher. So if you're going to go after Sean Murphy, who is probably the best all-around product in terms of offense, defense, and years of control, 
he's going to come at a very high price. Same with guys like Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen. And then, of course, with Wilson Contreras, you know, he's going to be commanding a large free agent contract. If the Cardinals do elect to go pursue Contreras in free agency, that would mean by default those other upgrades they're looking to do would have to come via trade. So these things are all connected. I do think when you're looking at the catchy market, those are kind of the top four names in terms of just what the Cardinals are looking for in conversations at the GM meetings on Tuesday last week. John Mazalak made it very clear that they're looking for the best all-around catcher. They're not necessarily foregoing defense. I don't think the Cardinals will ever do that, regardless of position, but there does seem to be an emphasis on trying to find more offensive production from that position that they've had. Obviously, this is kind of uncharted territory. The Cardinals have not looked for a starting catcher in uh, two decades. So I think they're really going to take their time here and identify what kind of backstop they want. And the good news is they're in the position to do so. They're not relegated to just finding one specific guy. They can search for free agency. They can search via trade. They can find a long-term solution. Or they can find a one- to two-year stopgap until uh, Herrera is ready. So they do have a lot of options, and I think that's going to vote in their favor. Katie, when you look outside the catcher's position, because we all, as you said, they're going to get somebody. Outside that catcher position, where do you think the other big addition is this offseason? Do you think it's another position player, or do you think it's another pitcher, whether that be a high-end reliever, or maybe they go out and do sign one of the aces on the market? I think it depends on what they get out of the catcher. So if they get a catcher that has a promising offensive upside, that can also check two boxes, right? You get your starting backstop and you get the bat that they want to add to the lineup, which would then allot them to maybe pursue some pitching depth or middle infield depth or whatever the outfield depth, whatever they want to look for. Um, There's no, when you're looking at how the current outfield is projected, how the current rotation is projected, those are all things where if the season started today, the Cardinals would be fine in that starting opening day roster. Would they be, like, enthralled, very excited about it? Would fans be very excited about it? No, I think people would just be just okay with those options. Um, So I do think, again, it's all connected. Cardinals have made it very clear that they want to address their catcher first before they look at other avenues. But, of course, this is baseball we're talking about. There is a chance they just switch if the, uh, the price and the timing is right. But I do think, you know, it all depends on what they do to address their catching position and then how they do it, whether that's signing a free agent or trading, that will kind of create the trickle-down effect for the other moves they make. Katie, I know that we've talked about you know finding an ace for this pitching staff. That might be the route to go uh, in the offseason, and the free agencies just don't make sense when it comes to DeGrom and Verlander. That's a bidding war that the Cardinals aren't going to get involved with. You know, We brought up Shane Bieber possibly to trade for, but the Guardians kind of nixed that. What about Tampa Bay? Because BK brought this one up last week with Tyler Glass now, who dealt with injuries, was healthy at the end of the season. Tampa Bay might always be interested in trading top talent for lesser talent. Do you feel like maybe that could be that ace that the Cardinals would be interested in? I do think if the Cardinals acquire another top-tier starter, it would be in the form of a trade, just because, like you said, Alex, there's really no free agent ace top pitcher that makes sense for the Cardinals right now in terms of cost. The Rays are one of the most uh, heavily aggressive teams right now. I know this early in the offseason, that seems a little strange, but they're, they've been uh, one of the teams most aggressively linked to, to starting conversations and negotiations. I do think they have somewhat of, of depth for the Cardinals to pursue. I do think the Cardinals like their rotation as it is right now, but it certainly would not hurt to find another number two or three starter. There's plenty of avenues to go for, but Again, I do think, and this is a little bit of reiteration, the Cardinals aren't really looking at those avenues until they can directly identify the type of catcher they need and figure out the market price 
Cardinals aren't going to overpay for anything. I think one thing we can say about John Mozeliak as, a, as an executive, he's very consistent, very methodical. He's not going to panic trade or panic sign. So I do think it'll be a little bit of time before we see some Cardinals make some moves. Then again, like I mentioned, guys, I am going on vacation, so I would not be surprised if, like, day one they do that. Um, but I, I do think this will be a very thoughtful process in all elements, not just the catcher. Katie, final one for you, and I apologize if this is a little bit of a curveball, but I'm just curious because tomorrow's the deadline for the uh, 40-man roster uh, for Major League Baseball teams, and then, of course, the guys that aren't protected that are eligible go into that Rule 5 draft. Uh, are you are you, are you you thinking there's possibly any surprises from the Cardinals that get added to the 40-man roster? Added to the 40-man roster, I think there's a little – there's. It depends, right? Because it also depends who the Cardinals decide to tender and non-tender. Right. When we asked uh, when we asked Mo during the GM meetings about uh, where the Cardinals were approaching their plethora of uh, arbitration-eligible guys, he did say there'd be no surprises, but he also acknowledged the Cardinals kind of need to make a decision on Alex Reyes. And if they decide to tender him a contract for 2023 or elect him to become a free agent, that's a big conversation for them. I asked about Genesis Cabrera, and, and Mo said that he feels like there's a spot on, on the team next year for Cabrera. So it seems like there's only one or two decisions when it comes to tendering these arbitration-eligible players. I do think Connor Thomas, who had a very, very successful year in the minors and topped it off with a great performance in the AFL, uh, has pled his case to be added to the 40-man and protected. Um, but we'll see. It, again, it all depends on who is elected to be tendered contracts and who's not. But I would not be. I would be surprised if Connor Thomas was not on the forty-man roster ahead of the tender deadline, which I believe is five p.m. tomorrow. Yep, five p.m. tomorrow as the hot stove just continues to get hotter. Katie Wu, always appreciate the time. Make sure you're following along with Katie at the Athletic throughout the Cardinals off season. Uh, enjoy the vacation, a much needed vacation for you, and we look forward to talking to you once you're back. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. A good story helps us understand the world and how to make it better. That idea drives what we do on the Daily News podcast, Post Reports. We bring you stories that empower people. You know this is a fraud, right? Why are you calling people doing this? And that hold powerful people accountable. Wait, you did what? We had to sue your office twice to get our hands on these documents. My name is Martine Powers. I co-host the show. Take the trusted reporting of The Washington Post wherever you go. Follow and listen to Post Reports. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.